What's up to all our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the Geek Nation? You're listening to slash watching the Spoiler Alert weekly comic book discussion show podcast live on YouTube and also Facebook. And uh, I'm your host, Johnny Destructo. With me this week is... Noel. 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 <laughs> and also... Yeah, what's up? Holla at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Triple. And then... Hey, it's Brian Lieb. Hey, it's Brian Lieb. Hey. Um, let's see. We are behind schedule by about 10 minutes, and I forgot to bring up the letters. Do we, we have a letter? letter? Yeah, we do have a letter. It is from the home dad abroad, oh. and it says, mired in the muck of pre-vertigo spoilage. Oh, my invigorated lovelies. How fantastic to hear that Jados finally caved into my years of oh-so-subtle promptings and more often heavy-handed insisting that he, as a horror fan, and more specifically a horror comics fan, delve into the Alan Moore saga of the Swamp Thing. Say what you will, and most say much more than that about Alan Moore as a human-slash-witch-slash-asshole-slash-lunatic. There's no denying his skills as a storyteller. Unfortunately, as has been the case through all of human history, to enjoy and appreciate art, one must separate the art from the artist. Most artists are colossal jerks. And I am ecstatic to hear that you all enjoyed it. As for the discussion about if you could have read it in single issues back in the day, when taking into account the level of most of his contemporary comic works, Swamp Thing issues, once more took over, were compelling and complete single-issue stories, even when they were continuing plots. Waiting for the trade is not as satisfying with these single-issue stories all connected to a larger novel that spans across all of his entire 45-issue run, plus annuals, and a storyline that wraps up neat and complete beginning, middle, and end, unless that trade is the size of a phone book. Remember those? Swamp Thing, Hellblazer, and Sandman represented a resurgence of the weirder supernatural side of DC. Their tackling of edgier, more grown-up themes and less traditional art styles led direct, directly to the creation of Vertigo. Don't forget, all three titles started out with the DC bullet in the corner, which is why in the early parts of their runs, or their whole run for more and uh, Rick Beach's Swamp Thing, there were many cross paths with the DCU proper intricately in, in the case of more. Yes, the first several issues of Sandman are a slog and can be skipped if the act of reading picture books is that taxing for you. However, taking inspiration from the above, Game and Sandman is one complete story told initially in single issue stories, then in arcs. And every element of those first several issues play throughout the run and wrap up purposefully by the conclusion. By the end, you'll be satisfied that you read every issue. Okay. I'll assume that you've listened to me lecture all the way to here, so as a reward, I'll contribute to your show. Or at least play along. 
I would like to request for the Once a Month Book Club, huh? the first long-form storyline but second-volume phone book, hey, callback, of Cerebus, the Art oh, Volume 2, <laughs> High Society. It's oh, worth it. And no, it has no relationship to the porn magazine, the home dad abroad. P.S. J.D. Yes, that's me. I've, reatta- I've reattached, just for you, an image from the Swamp Thing letter pages of a cute little letter concerning the introduction of John Constantine. I Come sent on. it to you ages ago, but I will not be ignored. <laughs> so it is attached below for your casual absorption later. And he actually, um, like, edited out other the other letter be like no nah, don't read this one so it's easier for you to follow he's worried yeah. he's worried now wait do i do i read the highlighted one or the not highlighted one <laughs> oh, okay. i don't know please send hey, it wait. again in a more clear fashion <laughs> it didn't come with directions he's so intricate about everything else i know uh, weird um there's like so much to unpack in that does anybody want to go first you yeah you do um i don't think i need to separate the artist from the art hmm. personally um if but the thing about Alan Moore is that he, I mean, he's a cantankerous, but he wasn't like a pedophile or murderer or but like, those are the things that I could separate, that I willfully and will separate the artist from the art. I don't give a shit how great it was. If you were a horrific person in life, then I, I can't really, I can't make the mental leap to just enjoy your stuff. Um because it's not connected. Because I do believe that art is intrinsically connected to the artist. Period. Um, but I, I never hated Alan Moore. I just think he's. I mean, he's a he's a curmudgeon. Like that's not a that's not a crime. Yeah. Like, and, I mean, unless he, unless he unless he gave me a wedgie at a con and I hate him as a person, I probably still would read it because it's like he's such a dick, but it's good. Like it's fine. I think Home Dad Abroad was comparing him to other sort of garden variety. Dicks and jerks and curmudgeons. But like who? I mean, is there is there somebody that you guys like? Rob Liefeld. I met, there you go. Yeah, he's a bit of he's he's a bit of a shit. But yeah. his stuff's not that great, though. A lot of people that did really great art had horrible views about yeah. that we would consider horrible now. And you know, so it's like, where is it, JD? I think you suggested like when they're no longer getting money mm. from it, you know, mm. or benefiting from it, you know, who knows. Um, I don't know where that line is drawn or how to draw it. Uh, yeah, I, speaking of Rob Liefeld. Yes. I'm sorry. That was. Uh, that he doesn't know how to draw lines either. There's a foot in the sand and yeah. Rob Liefeld <laughs> can't draw it. <laughs> Christopher St. Saucy, good night, says, disagree. I love his art, period, Rob Liefeld. I can also see loving it, right? It's so in, in like emblematic of a particular era, mm-hmm. and it like the anatomy is way off. But when you're when you're reading along and you're if you're into it, you don't notice things like that, you know, uh, necessarily. So, it is em- it is emblematic of an era, yeah, and yeah. that's and that's why it's wildly dated, and I don't yeah. like it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that happens when like whether no matter how good you are or not good you are. If you, you know, like when you look at um, like artists that were very popular in a particular time, it's like, it's not necessarily any worse, but it seems old. 
now, you know? Yeah, yeah, but the difference with Rob Liefeld is that the when you're looking at it in that era, especially depending on your age when you're looking at it, mm-hmm. you're looking at it through rose-tinted cl- glasses. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at it and you're seeing all the dyna- you know, wild lines and etchings and all that stuff. And when you return to it older, a little bit more seasoned, you look at it and, yeah, it takes you back to an era. But then you look at the art itself and you're like, oh, man, this is, this is garbage. This <laughs> is, that's why Jim Lee's art, which definitely yeah. puts your mind back into a time it still stands up because say what I want about about him as a storyteller, his art is killer. The man can draw. Yeah, and know? the 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 opposite kind of happens with with early stuff like um uh like Steve Kirby and and, and, Jack, and Jack Kirby? sorry Jack Kirby and, and Steve Ditko. <laughs> it seems so simple, but older you go back and look at it, and it's so incredibly complex how they were able to accomplish mm-hmm. so much with so little line work. So it's mm-hmm. it's almost like the opposite. It's like when you're younger, you don't necessarily appreciate oh, yeah. it, whereas now that you're older, you do, vice versa with Rob Liefeld or something <laughs> like that, where you see it when you're younger, you're like, this is so fucking extreme. And then now it's like, oh, that's this like... so fucking horrible. There's, oh. so many, there's so many pouches and, and lines and processing. I don't... Like I don't uh, we've talked about Rob Liefeld ad nauseum. All I have to say is that it, um, even at the time it wasn't great. And my problem with it is that it has not grown. You will see a drawing by him this week and it will look exactly like a drawing by him 30 years ago. So, Oh, he had mentioned something about uh, Sandman and Lucifer. And yep. I found it. So I read Lucifer as it came out from like, I forget where I picked it up, like issue nine or something, but issue by issue. And, you know, and I loved it uh, as you know, but I lent it to a friend of mine who also loved it. And I I almost felt like it was a different experience lending him these because I was giving him, you know, the like stacks of issues. And, you know, just like a trade would be lending a trade. But I had just found a, a unique, in my experience, view into the difference between issue and trade. Uh, in that yeah. When, well, uh, you guys. So I had read Swamp. Um, Home Data Broad mentions the, the experience of any issues versus trades especially for something that's older i would read it in issues if it was coming out now because i read it over a longer period of time and slower than you guys did mm. for this round like you mainline those first seven issues for the show i i read it late last year and i literally did read an issue a night mm. and it was because it was it's very intricate and it's very nice and, and it just flowed yeah. really well so I, I did read it in issues and I will continue to finish it that way. We're not like streamlining four or five issues a night or more because yeah. it's so, it's just so intricate. It's just really, really beautiful. So I, I, I would have read that in issues and I, there is a case for it. This, this did work better. In, There's something about the weight, you know, yeah, like, very intricate chunks. Yeah. chunks yeah. 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 Let's move on to this week's books. Did we have another email that I missed? That was the only email that I saw. Oh, my God, it's All-America Comics, number one, written by Joe Casey with art by Dustin Nguyen. Um, let's see, what does Diamond have to say about it? I'll tell you. Thank you so much for asking. Her last name is Vasquez. Her first name says it all. And when confronted with the hidden secret of the universe, you won't believe the cosmic truth she uncovers. Brought to you by the Wildcats version 3.0 team of Joe Casey and Dustin Nguyen, reunited for the first time in 15 years. So... The thing that I was really interested about is this is a story about a Latina girl uh, who is able to travel through dimensions. Her name is America. And uh, there is another character like that, literally, from Marvel (laughs) Comics, co-created by Joe Casey. So it seems like 
I, I don't want to speak for Joe Casey, but the the gist I'm picking up is that uh, he co-created America Chavez for Marvel, and then decided maybe maybe it was taken away from him, or maybe he wasn't allowed to do what he wanted. So now he's doing something he wants to do with the character without changing anything about the character. Uh, you've also got a Doctor Doom fill in here. You've got um, you got Avengers, the Avengers, <laughs> the entire Avengers, yeah, even. So, uh, the Jane Foster version of Thor, not just Thor. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. And it's made mention too, like mm, you're not the original. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. So it's it's literally just the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Like yeah. th it's all they've done. This is the unsolved mysteries reenactment version of a superhero <laughs> character. Uh, what did you guys think of it, Len? Um, I enjoyed it a lot. I really okay. did. Um, I thought it was, uh, um, you know, like I like the whole conceit of her talking in almost like Instagram posts, um, <laughs> which was kind of cool with all the hashtags. I think there was a, a, a little bit of a moment when it got maybe a little overdone, but for the most part, <laughs> okay, a little, a little bit, but but I was I rode with it, you know what I mean? Um, I thought it was fun, I thought it was him trying to, like, like you said, take back control of his character. You know, um, and maybe try to work it into a way and, and that he can do what he wants with the character as opposed to it being co-opted into the Marvel Universe and then can kind of like get lost in the sauce, which is what I think unfortunately had happened a little bit. So mm -hmm. I was... um. I was with. I thought the art was like just spot on. Just brought me into it. I thought it was innovative. I thought it was brave. I thought it was courageous. I thought the colors worked out. Everything. I love when she like gets trapped in between dimensions. Mm -hmm. I like that it took its time with it and actually spread that out over across pages and stuff. Um, I liked. I liked the character. She sounded for the most part real. Um, and I even I even liked her little conversation with Doctor because Doctor Doom was speaking for a lot of uh, he was speaking for a lot of people talking to millennials you know uh, I I was like I kind of like Doctor Doom I kind of wish I was is um what was it uh, Emperor Dowd or something In, like Imperador that Imperador Dowd yeah An Imperador Dowd um, I was like he, he's kind of cool. Uh, they almost had like a relationship like Doctor Doom has with um, Valeria in the Fantastic Four, so that kind of reminded me of that. Um, I liked it. I liked everything. It was cool. Um, I didn't love it, but I loved what it could be. So mm. I like the idea of. Uh, I guess he's he's if if he is trying to reclaim his own intellectual intellectual property, doing it is almost like a pastiche or a parody or something like that. Like we've seen books like this before that um, will take the idea of that's already like popular and do something completely different with it. Something not unlike invincible. It could be something, something like the end league. It could be like mm -hmm. taking these well-known kind of um, caricatures and then doing something different with it, except it's the only thing that makes it super weird is that it's a very specific caricature. That's not yeah. that crazy popular, just kind of popular. Um, so it feels kind of weird, like, all right, cool. And the, the, the hashtag -y talk, I was over it halfway through and <laughs> then, and then I was okay with it again because I don't know if you guys have had conversations with 13 or 14 year olds recently. That is how, 
you can't after a bit. Like, it's just like, okay, what are you trying to say? Like, you know, use your words or what does that mean? Like, it, it just kind of goes up and down like that. So I was like, all right, I guess it's, I guess it's accurate. It doesn't read well, but I, I get what he's trying to do. I thought it was a little heavy handed. Um, this, I was very excited to read this just, just from curiosity's sake only, just, just cause my curiosity was piqued. And, um, uh, of all the characters to do a pastiche of, I thought, oh, why, why Miss, Miss America Chavez is a character I enjoy in the books, uh, in the Marvel books. And so when I read about it, I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. He was a co-creator and blah, blah, blah. But boy, is this heavy handed and um, a little frustrating to read. Um, it, it, I think the hashtags do go a bit too far. I think the hashtags would have been better off as like bookends. Um, if she's writing a post at the beginning and she's writing a post at the end, great. The entire, the entire book is laden with hashtags. Um, and then uh, not only that, her confrontation with Imperator Dowd, not Dr. Doom, is she shows up at not Latveria, I'm sorry, Volgavia, and it is there to confront him, right? She's knocking all his Doom bots around, or Dowd bots, I guess. Um, <laughs> And uh, and then he shows up and he's like, you're not welcome here. And she's like, oh, yeah, well, I guess I'll go then. Bye. And like, that's the that was the scene. It was she shows up. She's punching doom bots. He's like, you're not welcome here. And she's like, all right, well, I guess I'll leave. She punches. She punches the big robot and screams kaboom queen uh, spelled K.W.E.E.N. And it just it's it just sounds like the scene in uh, what was the name of that show? Now it's a very, uh, very popular gif um, where Steve Buscemi shows up in a high school holding a skateboard being like, what's up, fellow teens? Hey, other children. Like if this would the whole book felt like uh, like a 40, 50 year old guy showing up and being like, how how does it go? Youngsters, I am hip mm. like you. And it's just, oh, I couldn't wait to close the book. Now, the one thing that I thought was going to be interesting was she gets she's travels through dimensions and i thought oh all right so maybe the idea is that it's miss america chavez uh, she's able to travel through dimensions but she goes to the real world where we exist where we are reading this book and that's what it looks like it's setting up uh because there are literal comic panels that she's outside of and i thought oh that's kind of neat wouldn't that be cool it's just it's like um gwen gwenpool right um but outside of the marvel universe um and maybe she's going to show up and hang out with us. Kind of like, what was the book, the uh, image book? Um, I think Brian mentioned it earlier before we started recording. Uh, where where Thor basically comes to the real world where he is a comic Olympia. book. Olympia. Olympia. Yeah. So, but, and then she shows up back in her own world. And then some, not John Constantine. or I'm sorry, not Constantine. Not, um, what is, what is that? The son of the devil. Hellstrom. Oh, Hellstrom. Oh, not, yeah, Hellstrom. not Hellstrom shows up. And I went, I don't care I'm about this. I can't. I wondered who that was. <laughs> yeah, at first I thought Constantine, and I was like, "Oh, it looks more like Hellstrom. He's got the literal pentagram on his chest and the spiky hair." Yeah. So I would. That aspect of it, like, weighted me down. Uh, so I started being interested in this book. I really liked when she broke through uh, whatever it part of her travel stream she broke through, and the whole like. She is this large, blue, cool-looking being, and also the being in front of her eye, and you know, like all of that. I was like, "Oh, all right." I didn't realize it. I didn't realize that uh, America Chavez even was this kind of character. 
Uh, so I was, was that, and then I got interested. But the other stuff, I'm really a fan of like pastiche or homage. We're just like using the archetype in. Mm-hmm. I, I love Astro City. It's one of my all time favorites. This one, these didn't feel like homages. They felt like the characters, and but I'm not allowed to call them Captain yeah. America and whatever. And like I wondered, like legally, the Thor thing, like picking up the hammer is not part of the myth. That's Marvel. <laughs> Could Marvel be like, yo, no, this is our, this is ours, you know? Mm. It won't. But uh, I just thought it was so close, you know. That I felt was weird, but uh, you know. I'd check it out. Uh, and her being the same, I think is fine. He clearly just wanted to do his character. Yeah. Um, the the Spanish in it, to me, sounded stilted. I don't know. But I, I went on and I found, like, what is Joe Casey's background? Does he? And there wasn't really a lot of information there. But I don't know. I mean, I'm not familiar with those speech patterns, like, yeah. day to day. So who knows? And yeah, I'm, it seemed like she beat Imperator Droud and then just like she seemed to have won. <laughs> like not just well, a standstill. But. Yeah, I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna like mention it, but the the Kapow Queen thing happens before their full on conversation and he pretty much says, You're arrogant, you have no authority, you do something, it's not gonna like it it's it's a conversation that she loses mm, and then right. leaves. It's not just like a fuck you, big guy. Like, yeah. 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 No, he, but, he, he he gives a food for thought. I guess I yeah, I, I didn't love this, but I I'm intrigued enough to figure out what he's trying to do, what Joe Casey's trying to do, yeah. to where I would read whatever comes next. Now this was solicited as a one shot, literally says one shot. So I don't know what the fuck is next. Is it a series of one shots? Is it like three years from now we're gonna get a second issue? Mm. I don't know, but I am I am relatively intrigued if he's going to be as bold as to reclaim a character that's his. Yeah. I want to know what the hell he's doing about it. I, I think that's interesting. I'm Maybe interested enough just... that I will pay attention to what you say about it <laughs> next time. Yeah, like you follow it and then report back. <laughs> Maybe he pitches it as a one shot just so to make sure it clears the legal hurdle. See what happens. Oh, <laughs> Let's see if they'll let me get away with this. It's clearly a, a cliffhanger, but all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Billionaire Island number two by Mark Russell and Steve Pugue. Pugue, Pugue, I don't know. Like an action movie come to life, Trent storms onto Billionaire Island in search of answers, and he's willing to get them any way he can. Meanwhile, Shelly is after answers of her own, but will she regret getting them? The infiltration of Billionaire Island is on. I didn't read it. Someone go. Who read it? Brian. Uh, it, it was on. The infiltration of Billionaire Island <laughs> was on in this. And uh, this one dude infiltrates, and it was cool. It, it's been a long time since the last issue came out, um, you know, like with like with everything. Uh, but it's uh, <laughs> just like the first issue. It's It's very on the nose in a way that is very aware that it's on the nose and is like reveling and like you know like noses on a bed instead of money (laughs) i think that metaphor broke but i still love it yeah yeah like if you had tons and tons of severed noses and you were rolling in the severed noses as though you're only on them all that's what this book is like (laughs) 
which is why I, I didn't bother reading it because I read the first one and I had that thought and I went, nah, but not, not, you know, not that specific thought, Brian, to be honest. Uh, but you've been catching Yeah, so, but I thought it was fun. You know, the, the caricatures were fun. There were some little interesting in uh, like the Alien versus Predator movie yeah, that was cool. There, yeah. that was that was cool i didn't see it coming at all um for the people you know who haven't read it there's a there's a guy who is an a, illegal alien and then there's a guy who is a sexual predator and the illegal alien since he can't turn to the police uh takes it upon himself to fight the predator and then they hit you with the it's alien versus predator uh, yeah, but, uh the names oh, of the, the names yeah. of the actors because it's clearly it's clearly um, uh, Steven Seagal and Louis C.K. Oh, I didn't catch the the actor reference. Yeah, the actor's names though are like Steven Seagal and Louis C.K. Yeah, yeah, you're uh, right. Another nose. All right. Another yeah. nose. Steven Seagal wishes he was that muscular though. I mean, that's yeah. a real rip. But it, it is it does it does align with him like probably yeah. trying to play a Mexican. But uh, regardless, um. I liked that part of it. I liked in so much as in this billionaire island, they have their own movie studio of disgraced, uh, you know, shunned actors and producers. Mm -hmm. And so, like, yeah, if you think about all these, all these like affluent people that are are shunned from normal society because they're awful, mm -hmm. where they would go and they would just do what they normally do. So there's there's a whole infrastructure. There's a whole entertainment center, uh, system. There's a like. I thought that was that's like taking an idea and then like taking it to, like to its foregone conclusion of like how this society would respond. I thought that was really interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I liked it for the most part. I mean, there's something about the art that is well done, but the the eyes kind of like look a little dead to me or like all hmm. over the place at times. So that kind of takes me out of it a little bit. Um, and like to you, what you said, B, the, the first issue came out so long ago, mm. I found myself trying to like, oh yeah, all right. I think I remember where we are. Oh yeah, that's right. These people are yeah. quite, like in this, like behind this door type of thing. Um, so you kind of like remembering where you were, but for the most part, it's, it's, it's dumb, stupid fun. I'm, I know, like Noel's pointing out, is making commentary on a whole bunch of stuff, and maybe I'll care. I really don't. I'm just in there for just the, the, the stupidity of it. I don't know, you know, so it's fun enough. I feel like I grade most of these books on what I buy to trade. Hmm. I don't know if I would buy the trade about of this. Mm -hmm. If somebody gave it to me, I'd be like, all right, cool. You know, I read that. It's kind of cool, but I don't know if I would buy the trade of it, but it, it's, it's fun enough. I wouldn't hate you if you, I saw it on your shelf. Is it, is it, so I've, I've been, I've, I read a lot of Mark Russell and I think that he doesn't, he's very prescient with a lot of his stories, like intentionally, um, right. obviously, because it's a bed right. full of noses, <laughs> but um, he doesn't seem to do it to try and change your mind or educate you. Hmm. He does it as uh, a tool for the joke. So yeah. if you're yeah. coming at this, if you're coming at this or, or a lot of his stories as, Oh, changed my life. It's hmm. not, it's not his intention and it's not really what's going to do it. It's more along the lines of, are you seeing what I'm putting down? Here's the joke about it. And then he right. keeps moving. So, I mean, it could totally, it does, 
if it's done wrong, it comes off as heavy handed. If it's done right, it comes off as like really smart. This is probably the least effective of it that I've read, Mm. but it's not terrible. So like something like Wonder Twins was just spectacular because it was like all background jokes Mm. and and the the foreground was something very simple, just like with Flintstones too. all background jokes and the foreground was very like simple, but something like this, just all foreground. It's it's hard. Like it's not it's not as accessible. It's it's a little too. I don't know. Edgy. Well, and yeah. knows by any other name. I mean, yeah, yeah, is on a bed that he's rolling in exactly. because Brian's creepy. No matter what you call. Him. <laughs> hey, speaking uh, about aliens versus predators, like did uh-huh. you read late earlier this week that Marvel and I guess their overlords did now have the license to aliens. And the Predators? Oh my god, I don't care. <laughs> I don't read I, alien, alien or Predator comics, so... I mean, I did. just just by... I'm sorry, no, but just just the way I didn't like Conan before, but then Marvel got the Conan license and started... And hmm. J- put Jason Aaron on it. Jason Aaron made me go, oh, maybe I'll try out this Conan fella. Hmm. Uh, so it's not really the Predator or the Alien... It's who Marvel is going to put on those books for the first three issues. That's going to make me check it out. Mm. I felt the same way about Star Wars. I've never read Star Wars comics. I don't. I, mm. didn't, I don't give a shit. Like true. I, but the creative teams they put on it and then kept putting on it. I was like, oh, this is actually really cool. So that's the only reason why I'm excited because Marvel has money to throw top talent at it, and they mm. wouldn't have made such a splash if they didn't at least intend on that. So my question is, we know Alien and Predator are great. Who would you put on the book? Who would question. you want to see on the book? Because I've got I think like I already answered people. this question because uh, you, you posited it on Facebook. And I, I think did. I said Tom Taylor and Stuart Eminen. Stuart Eminen on everything. Tom Taylor on everything. I agree. Um, I like Tom Taylor. I don't, know if I, I don't know if I like Stuart on it. I want James Stokoe on the Alien book. I want his crazy, intricate, everything in the panel gooeyness on the H.R. Geiger designs. What about Mike Mignola? How do you guys feel about that? Ooh. On which one? I would do a Predator. I don't know about Alien. Oh, oh I see. I would want him on Predator. It's all stocky and shadows. All right. Oh, see, I, I mean, would want him on Alien. I can see. I see his Alien being real creepy, man. I want somebody that's super intricate on Alien. So, like, even Daniel Warren Johnson. <gasps> I, like, I, no, I want to see no, I, every gooey, sinewy piece no, of the I, I would design. say... Alien, Alien doesn't seem right for Daniel Warren Johnson or DWJ as he likes me to call him. Um, D-Dubs. 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 <laughs> now, D-Dubs, I would put on Alien because that is way more over-the-top crazy um, action. Yeah, I put him on Alien. Did no, I, I meant Predator. Predator oh, is the action movie. Yeah, yeah. Alien is the horror movie. Alien is, is straight horror. Okay, writers. Mm. I mean, Jason Aaron, everything. Tom Taylor, everything. <laughs> I would say Brian Michael Bendis, so I could hear an alien say, uh, uh, or Brian Michael Bendis on everything, so half the internet freaks out for no reason. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. You I know, mean, I wouldn't, for issues, as you said, so I wouldn't mind seeing, um, I wouldn't mind seeing, I don't know, what Brian K. Vaughn could do with that. Well, either I would like that, actually. Yeah, I mean, I like sure. I'm into that. Yeah, there's there's so many I you know what I you know who I don't necessarily want. I guess I don't want like um 
the regulars that are doing all these licensed property books. I think Charles Soule is pretty much on every licensed property book. I, I don't want that. Like I want something purely or or popular comics and move it over here mm. to see what they can do. You know, like not the the stable of, of writers that are doing all the kind of IP books. If that makes well, sense. I know I know I don't want Mark Bagley. That's all I Yeah, know. I don't want Mark Bagley. I I don't, <laughs> I don't want Charles Soule. I, I think Kyle Hotz, if, if Kyle Hotz would put the amount of work in that I've seen in his commissions recently on Instagram, um, I think he would be great for um, Alien or Predator. Mark Russell and Steve Pugh. It's a joke. It's a joke. Oh. I'm sorry. Thank you. JD's ready to move on. He's changed the squirrel. Devil's Highway number one by Ben Percy and Brent Schoonover. Uh, ben Percy and Brent Schoonover present a nerve-wracking thriller examining murder in the dark underbelly of America's heartland. A young woman with a dark family secret embarks on a quest to hunt down the serial killer that brutally murdered her father, only to discover he is just one piece of a national network of evil that snakes across the country and hides in plain sight. To catch the devil, she must first... Embrace the darkness within. Well, this was a this this description was way more interesting than the book. Uh, what did you guys think, Noel? I liked it. I thought it had like I liked the main character. She has got like Elizabeth Salander kind of vibe to her. Um, I like the general conceit. I like the moodiness of the book. I like the art. There's some really weird little choices that I dug, like um, explicitly uh, when she when she visits the uh, the police station, there's one cop with three scratches on his face, and I don't know why. Oh, she tells you. It, does she tell me? Yep, yep. She tells you. Um, she shows up, and um, oh, she says, uh, "What did she say?" Um, uh, oh, nobody's here but us. You remember that guy from Stevens Point, the one who grabbed my ass at the homecoming game? They they wired his jaw shut for a year. And it shows that he has a scratch on his chin or on his jaw because he's the one who had his jaw shut for a year. What? I didn't read yes. it that way. Yep. And how's that wrist of yours, Clay? He had also done something to her that she didn't like. And so she broke his wrist. I don't know if he that's the reason he's missing two fingers. We don't get that. But this this character, you know, some friends and I used to watch um, horror movies and cult movies a lot growing up. And uh, there was always that character that he would show up and he would be the gruff, grizzled, you know, 45-year-old, 50-year-old detective who's too old for this shit. Uh, 40 years I've been on the job. And we would just sort of make fun of that character because he was such a ridiculous pastiche that showed up in everything. And this feels like that to me. This character is just like, she's the... She's the um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the lone gun, the, the one who doesn't play by the rules. <laughs> she shows up and she intimidates to get what she wants. And it's just, oh, the, this, that's, that's, this book felt like a cartoon. I, yeah. Also too, I don't, I don't think that wired jaws, that same guy, maybe the well, wrist, but gingerly touching his scratches on. Yeah. His because, because he's like, oh, you wired that guy's jaw shut but not okay. take, like touching his own three weird claw marks which, which he got because some some woman scratched his face that's, that's that's the thing that i was actually getting at the fact that these are like the the subtle um subtle or not so subtle visual cues that these are not great people right she's saying oh. these specific things to them and they are reacting to it because she did it to them 
in third person? Yeah, that's I don't know. Weird. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't like know. It. I, I don't know. I, I didn't. I didn't read it that way. I didn't read her as the grizzled old, like you know. Well, not uh, old. She's like a teenager. I think she's a teenager, even though she's drawn thirty. No, she's like twenty five. Okay. I think she's in her twenties, maybe early thirties. Um, well, I didn't. I didn't. What I I like? No, I I like this. I liked it a lot. I liked the art. I liked. I loved a lot of it. Was you know. Um, uh, they didn't have to show you the violence. It was implied, and then you just cut, you you skip a beat, and then you do this all trussed up on the floor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, and as you know, as hard as as she was, because and and the hard ass chick has become like a trope. But as hard as as she was, I felt she came across as believably hard ass without having to flex. You know, you just felt it in the look, in the artwork. Um, yet she was still allowed to be human, you know, going to the place where her father was killed, laying in the chalk, it hit his chalk outline. I like that you know? bit. I like the laying like, in the chalk. And, and and you could see the sadness on her face and then embracing her father when she goes to see him in the morgue, you know, so she was still allowed to be human. Like the whole time I was reading this book, I was thinking about the book, I think that we did last week about the tough ass chick who, um... You know, uh, it gets tied up at the end and then, like, you know, breaks out of the chair and everything like that. Um, stabs him in the eye. That was like a murderer, right? Like, um, right. Yeah. Wasn't oh, that Dead Body Road? Dead Body Road. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that I, one, I, really, I, be- I believed I really her. Like I don't believe her. This feels like oh, see, see, wow, a character I- cosplaying as a tough character. Oh, see, God, I believe this one so much more yeah. than that one, man. I thought that one was just like, just over the top, like, just trying so hard to be this, like, you know, like, I believe uh, both. Okay. <laughs> I, I I I just love this. I love the art. The art took took me in the mood. Put me in the mood there. I thought nice. I thought the characters felt real. I really enjoyed. This reminded me of a very slept on show from Cinemax from a couple years ago called Banshee that a lot of people didn't didn't lock onto. Now this doesn't have Banshee is just wall to wall, just straight fist to cuffs fighting. But the whole vibe of this really reminded me of that and i and i enjoyed the hell out of this book this was dope i I really like the panel layout too for half the book it's a lot of nine panel grids and a lot of like um dialogueless scenes of her Mm -hmm. surveying and also too like they they make the choice of cutting away when she's about to do something badass almost just like you don't need to see it because it's not important like she threatens a dude and then Cut to he's tied up on the ground and she's looking through the computer. Like they exactly they very intentionally skip things mm-hmm. to which which I really enjoyed. Uh, I really do like. I liked the the middle chunk of this where she's investigating. I really really liked. Felt like a detective. I liked it. Cool. Yeah, that's that's another part of her detective work is um, the woman in the first scene comes up and puts her hands on the glass of the diner, and so this uh, this woman who is uh, trying to track the killer. Um, goes outside and the handprints are still there and she places her hands so she's able to figure out oh okay i guess a woman was in trouble and came up and put her hands on the glass um which also felt very just silly to me how did that feel silly it's a diner you don't think there's more than one set of handprints on the glass i don't i don't know if she necessarily she she can definitely tell that it's a woman's because of the size of the hands, handprints. Um, and I don't necessarily know if she 
knows that that person was coming up there for help. But, right. but you you see it and you think that you think that maybe it's a clue. Maybe it's nothing. But you 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 take it in. That's what you do. I think if the handprints, if the woman had had blood on her hands and she was able to see the blood. Um, but because it's cold and the warmth of the woman's hands created a pattern on the glass. I don't I don't know. To say and, so she, and she only saw it because she was laying on the ground in the like it's. Yeah. I, it's, it was part of a bigger piece that didn't oh, bother me. And then, and then, yeah. that's not even the best part. Uh, this very same page, a couple panels later, she's walking from diner to the gas station across the street, and she finds in the snow a tooth. a Not a gold tooth, a white tooth. She finds in this, a tooth, but it's also tooth size, by the way, I should say. It's a tooth-sized <laughs> tooth sitting in the snow, and she finds it. I mean, I'm glad you guys liked it. It wasn't for me. If it's on the top, I, it's just minutia. Like I, yeah. I can find keys in the water if I find them in the water. Like you it's, can find the shiny like, metal keys in the water. I mean, yeah. Well, no. I mean, if you think about it, like in murky sand, it's she doesn't. She wasn't looking for it. She saw it. That's okay, all. Right. Yeah. And she picked it up because you don't know. That's what she's there. She's trying. They're trying to find out stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's so, not like half the story was her looking for a missing tooth in the snow. It's It was on the top layer of the snow while she was walking to the other place and saw it. That's all. Okay. Noel, you had mentioned the, the panel grids. I just was paging through while you guys were looking. I don't think I've ever seen it done in this way where you've got like, maybe just because you said they're all nine panel grids, right? But mm -hmm. then in the first three pages, it's like there's still complete nine panel grids but some of them are doubles. You know yeah. what I mean? It's interesting the way that he plays with that, like still the same formula, uh, but two and three breaking into each other. It's cool. Oh, Brian, I'm, I'm surprised that you don't say that it, that doesn't take you back mm. to the days of Keith Geffen's uh, five-year-later Legion, which were almost mm -hmm. all five, nine story nine panel grids and will often have that same type of really? um, beat through it. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Len, the five year later is a, an egregious gap in my Legion. Like I was pretty young when <sighs> it was coming out and it's always been something that kind of interested me and I wanted to see it, but uh, I never, you know, I never got back to it and like trades and back issues weren't as easy to come by in those days. Yeah, they're not in trades, yeah. unfortunately. I think they're, I think they're collecting it soon. Hmm. They, they keep teasing it, but last I heard, they had kicked. They they pushed back the. Uh, what's up next? Um, what's I don't up know. Next? What's up the next? Goddamned number one, The Virgin the Rise. And the Goddamned. Art by uh, written by Jason Aaron with art by R. M. Wera. They return to the stark and brutal world of the Goddamned for the long-awaited second chapter of their biblical noir epic. Genesis 6-4, the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. In the time before the great flood, the world of man is a place of wanton violence and unbridled, unbridled depravity. But hidden high atop a mountain, there is a very different sort of world, one without men. Here, the holy sisters at a secret nunnery live in paradise, a new Eden, rearing their flock of orphaned girls to embrace their future as blessed brides of the sons of God. But when Shari and Jael... Two girls on the cusp of flowering uncover what it means to become a bride. They realize there's only one way to escape the bonds of matrimony. Run like hell. Um, I love Jason Aaron. I love R.M. Wera. 
they are the team that brought us Scalped, which is one of my favorite crime noir stories. Um, might be might be a little problematic, but I, I still really enjoy them. Um, I will be honest. Uh, I was excited to read this. I didn't finish the goddamned volume one. Um, it was one of those things where I read the first two issues and I was like, oh, what a neat thing. It's just the Bible, but wicked bloody. And um, I thought it was kind of neat. It didn't grab me enough to keep me, but I was like, oh, great. It's coming back. I'm going to check this out. And I got about halfway through. Uh, and the art is gorgeous. The RM Wera, I, I wish, I wish he got more work. Uh, it's so gross, but solid. Um, there's a fluidity and a texture to all of the inks that is just gorgeous. Um, it can be a little off-putting at first, or at least it was to me when I start, first started reading Scalped. But man, all the bones are there. Everything feels gritty and disgusting, but beautiful at the same time. I just can't say enough about RM Wera's artwork. Um, and I was interested in the story, uh, but I had to, uh, I had to stop reading when they started depicting underage girls completely naked. Um, that's just, uh, there are, I just couldn't, couldn't bring myself to keep reading it. Um, so I don't really know how the story shakes out. Um, which is a bummer. It's a bummer. I wanted to finish this book and I just couldn't do it. Um, for, uh, I guess personal reasons. Um, what did you guys think? Was it worth was it worth finishing? Let me ask that. I, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Especially the ne the next scene is a nightmare sequence that kind of sets up everything that happens after it too, which was very good. Um, the I think it the scene you're talking about is deplorable and gross. Um, as there's an attempt to make it tasteful, but tasteful in in an awful way. Like it's not exploitative at all, um, and it's these horrible people sizing up these these girls, which mm. is awful. Like it's it's jarring. It's awful. I didn't enjoy reading it, but it's not it's not exploitative. It's I, I there's no other way to like. And I, I I found myself thinking about being back in in grade school and actually having to read pieces of the Bible that are awful and gross and they talk about these really uncomfortable shitty things and you're like what the fuck <laughs> and that's what it felt like for a scene i'm like what the fuck and i i almost also stopped yeah but then it the next me, scene it, yeah it reminded me of like almost when you hear the the real stories or you go back in history and look at like the the real uh, um, building blocks for some of your favorite story uh, fairy tales and stuff. Yeah. You find out that they really were like, ooh, <laughs> oh, like rough. grim fairy tales and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like it's some harsh shit. And like, yeah. and that's what this—that's what this reminded me. The art just—it the art drags you in, so yeah. you're like, oh my god, this is so evocative. Like, oh, what the fuck? You know, she's like, man, this is insane. And and then you know, you think about it, it's these these girls and the sacrificing and everything like that. But like, yeah. to, but to uh, Noel's point, it's a tale as old as time. It's, it's, you, I mean, it's not only is it's biblical, but it's the same type of shit. Just, you know, um, uh, with a Hollywood sheen that has been in movies since, since the dawn of time, you know what I mean? Yeah. So really? I, I, for the most part, it, it, it did. It's not exploitative. Like you said, it's you, I, I think you, I, I, I begrudgingly enjoyed it. 
I think if it, uh, I'm going to respectfully disagree that it's not exploitative, exploitative. Um, I always, I always mess up that word. Um, I feel like the reason I stopped reading it is not because of the scene and that these girls are being inspected like cattle. Um, I think that's important to note um, that maybe that's how children were, were um, treated back in the day. Uh, my problem is that there is very literally a scene where um, the it's a it's a medium shot, kind of a that's a little bit of a close up. It's a medium close up shot. Uh, the woman's arm is holding a staff, and she's in the foreground. And then slightly beyond her, in the background um, or the middle ground, is a young girl. And mm. it is purposely drawn so that that arm is not in the way of this naked girl. It could a fraction if you just took the Photoshop file and went click click left left the arm would be in the way of this naked girl's body. They purposely did not do that. Um, had they done that, it wouldn't have been a problem. It would have been, um, oh, okay, you know, everything is respectfully, you know, like in Marvel Comics, if MJ's oh, getting yeah, out right. of the, if MJ's getting out of the shower or whatever, the right. steam, like, you know, Frank Cho right. will draw the steam so that you don't see the nipples um, or the breasts or anything. Uh, this very specifically does not do that, even though they could have. Yeah. <laughs> with great ease um and that's the part where i went fuck you get no there's no reason for this at all um i understand if you want to set up the 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 scene and how depraved it is um and how uh disgusting these children are being treated disgustingly they're treated great i'm all for that these things need to be talked about but the minute you draw these things i'm out you um that 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 was my problem not the fact that it that it existed the fact that all they had to do was draw the arm a fraction of an inch to the left to hide these small children's bodies and they did not do that this is a very yeah. personal thing for me yeah um, i have ptsd uh, I do not, I cannot truck with anything in dealing with underage children. It is a trigger for me. I don't usually talk about this, but I have had uh, conversations with law enforcement and FBI trying to help track down a predator because I found evidence of one at a place that I worked. Uh, and I, I made the mistake of going into the phone and being like, oh, this must be one of the customers that I know. I will take a look at who the customer is so I can give them back their phone. And I found a crime scene in the phone. Uh, and it has not left me for one day uh, in my brain. So um, these sorts of things upset me and uh, it's very personal. If you guys love the book, that's not that's not on you guys, that's on me. Uh, I was very upset reading this and I I put the book down immediately. Um, yeah, there's the, the scene you're talking about, like I had to, I had to remember what you're talking about. The scene, it's, the, the scene you're talking about is like hint of nipple, which you're right. Like that is potential, like that's a bridge too far for what they're trying to depict, you know, like you see babies butts and stuff and it's not sexualized, but as soon as it gets to like hinting at nipple for a 13 year old, it's like, all right. Okay. Yeah. A little much. It's, just, it's a bummer. It's, uh, I really was excited to read the book. I was like, Oh, what a neat idea. I can't, you know, and the art is so good, but just that one thing. So to, to spoil it for you, it's uh, the book itself essentially is, Sex trafficking for demons. Oh, angel, actually. Well, well wait, oh yeah, oh yeah. Is it, uh, angels, yeah. right? Because I see earlier I mean, in the episode, there's goblins. No, those are the babies. I think those are yeah. the the oh. offspring. 
Yeah, oh, there's oh, that's right. Nice. Yeah, it's it's essentially it's it's that fucking horrific. Which yeah. it's it's sex trafficking virgins for an entity, and it's awful. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it it's what an interesting, interesting story to tell. Yeah. Dude, it's so close. <laughs> uh, the way the book ends, it is possible that nothing like that will happen again. It may I, be, I think it's very yeah. likely nothing like that will happen again. The way the book ends is, so <clears throat> one girl is uh, hiding her menstruation. The other one is about to get it. And the second one gets it at the very end is the cliffhanger. So they decide to run. Hmm. Um, so it's, it's an, it's a, it's potentially a, a, a chase story that's yeah. really going to be set up. So I, I yeah. I'm surprised that they went back to the village at all. I thought they were out. I thought they yeah, were after that night. Yeah. 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 But, uh, but I, you know what? I really did. I really did like the sequence right after that, the nightmare that she had, the, they kept referring to, um, blossoming. Um, yes, and then you and see she, the blossoming in her nightmare. Yeah, the yeah, nightmare yeah. Of, of actual roses being thorned yeah. out of her skin. Mm -hmm. It is so it gross. Is incredibly yeah. gross, really, yeah. really creepy in what a body this? horror kind of way, which made me too think of like the, you know, at that age going through puberty, the body horror mm -hmm. of it. And, exactly. not, and, and especially if your only education of it is are these horrific Women. 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 Yeah. 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 Oh, so it, it was. Ending. It was a very creepy, it was very unsettling, and because it was effective, I enjoyed reading it. Like, air quotes, enjoyed reading it. Yeah, it was, it was very weird. It also preys on another fear of mine. I have nightmares all the time of, like, oh. um, mushrooms and stuff sprouting out of my forearms, and they're, they're doing it here. Now they're roses. You're welcome. They're beautiful flowers, yeah. yeah. Very different. Well, but definitely... We, we we have found the book that is not for JD. Yeah, for sorry, sure. I don't. I'm sorry. I'm shaking. Never. So. No, it's do yeah. not apologize, fine, dog. Don't apologize. This is fine. Yeah. Like these are horrible things. Whether or not you feel it as a real thing depends on a lot of oh, what, yeah. who you are and like background and you know, um, like yeah, writer, it's gross too. You know, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't mean to bring the podcast down. I'm sorry. Um, oh no, no. This was this was the, when we first went live. It was like a look. If we want to skip this book because. Yeah. I personally don't want to be in a position where I'm somehow arguing for child nudity and comics. Right, like, right, right. right. I, I mean, I don't feel like that was the point of the book, but it is a very jarring aspect of the book, and it's very difficult. Yeah. So, and, and when I say not exploitative, the purpose and the, the function of it is to repel. Yeah. yeah. Not to attract. So it, that's it, why it's not exploitative. It's exploitative also. I think it might attract certain folks, though. Yeah, but I mean, it, um, it, it's. I thought it was an interesting hook. It's something that I've never really considered before. That you know, we all know the the Noah story, and the whole reason that there was a flood was that like everyone was really awful, except I guess Noah and some of his family. Um, so everyone else was destroyed, which is harsh. Um, but it, there's a lot of biblical tales, and not a lot dealing from before that. But I get the sense from the the original series also, like that's his whole his whole thing is he's like everyone in this world is awful, mm. uh, and they're uh, they're going to be destroyed for it. And he finds some interest in telling. Like, yeah, I, ha I haven't read the first series either. I have it over there. It's it's and it's literally called Before the Flood. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So. Hmm. Anyway. Although I did some looking into the to the offspring. Who in the 
in the biblical text are referred to as the great men of old. Like they are not, um, they're not these like demon children, which I just, I thought was of interest. It's funny that we were reading this and, and you know, all the biblical references to it because Facebook has a way of being like very ironic and Facebook reminded me today when I signed on of the uh, the comic strip that I was doing a couple of years ago, which oh, yeah. was called Heaven Sent, mm-hmm. which was about the illegitimate daughter of yeah. uh, God and the fallen angel Lilith. So I was actually before we signed on, I was reading through like uh, like the first like seven or eight of those strips that I did. And I was like. It's like wow, this is like very prophetic considering yeah. that the book we read. And then too, I was like, I wasn't a bad little writer, was I? This is yeah. a fun little <laughs> <trip>. <laughs> That's awesome. I might put this out there. Exactly, right? If I finish that final story, I might put like the book out or something. Huh. I mean, people do that all the time now, right? They come back after after years. It's true. Yeah, I like it. True. It's it's all content. Just reshare it. Amen. <laughs> all right, Brian. It's time for Thunder Rounds. Thunder Rounds. What is a Thunder Round? Oh, a Thunder Round is when uh, one of us will talk about one comic for 60 seconds, and then you get cut off at the end of it. And JD prefers when we don't discuss it after that, but uh, it happens every time. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. Uh, Now, Noel, you're up first with Walking Dead, Negan Lives, number one, written by Robert Kirkman, and art by Ch- Charlie Adlard. Is there a little bit of preamble you want to give before getting into it? Uh, this Actually, you should. Well, I'll tell you. Thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> I, love, I, lo- <laughs> uh, I love Ro- Robert Kirkman as a retailer. Uh, I was very frustrated when he uh, let me know me personally, he called me on the phone. I was like, hey, this book you're going to get this week, it's the last uh, issue of Walking Dead. You didn't know that, did you? You didn't order enough, did you, you piece of shit? And I went, uh, no, Robert, you're correct. I did not. Thank you for uh, making sure I didn't make money on this book. Um, so he basically put out the end of Walking Dead as a surprise, even though retailers were ordering the next two issues, right? I ordered the next two issues of Walking Dead because he put out fake covers for fake Walking mm-hmm. Dead issues just so I would not know that the issue coming up was the was the last one. And uh, while I was a little bit like, oh, I could have ordered an extra couple of issues knowing it was the last one, knowing people would be coming in the comic shops trying to get it, um, I was still went, you sly son of a bitch. Didn't, I he, do that? You. Didn't he do that with Die, Die, Die also? It was just like, and, oh, by well, the he way, did, here's the new book. He did the he did the opposite thing, which is uh, here is a brand new book. You don't know it's coming. I'm going to send you a bunch of free issues. Here's the the first issue for free, um, which is very cool. And then this one he did again. Negan lives because of COVID and everything that's going on. He felt like wouldn't it be cool to just put out something unexpected? So Negan lives is a one shot. Um, even though Walking Dead is completely finished, the comic book series and. Um, I, I don't think, I'm not sure, I didn't check. I'm not sure if I got him for free, um, but he sent me the same amount of copies as I got the last issue of Walking Dead to make sure all of my subscribers would get them, huh. uh, which is very cool. So here we are, Walking Dead, Negan Lives, number one. Noel, 60 seconds on your clock, go. 
I read Walking Dead for the first like 100 issues, 75 to 100, and then just kind of fell off because the story wasn't going anywhere. Um, but I would jump, I would, I would check in every anniversary, and I did read the last issue, and I, I found it fine. Um, this specifically takes place after, I guess, issue 174, which is the last place you see Negan, and he doesn't die. He goes on and lives. Um, and this is where he went, or at least the start of his little adventure. Um, as long as you know who the character is, even if it's by television, you can jump into this. Um, it is basically him alone um, mourning his bat. Uh, <laughs> Lucille. Mourning his bat. Uh, and then he gets kind of ambushed by another small group and it creates, uh, it incites an action for him. So like the start of his journey. So in the last issue of The Walking Dead, you saw a headstone. Oh, okay. Sorry. It's good. I liked it. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. I'll definitely read it once I get a chance. Um, Action Figure Expert says, hello, hello, hello. What's up? What's going on? How are you guys doing? Noel, how are you doing? I'm good. It's not so well. Uh, doing well. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's all right. It's a little bit better than it was before, but I cannot... If I if I do anything or sit anyway other than I have been, I feel like it it wouldn't be. Uh, so we're in sort of a a limbo phase where it's nice that it doesn't hurt all the time. Yeah. 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 I've I've been there. Yeah. Um, Len, how you doing? I have a hangover. Oh, I was wondering. I knew you're down here. You're usually up here, but you're down here. I can feel it. How was last night? He has a hangover. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so last night was great. <laughs> um all right who's up hey, Vinny. oh how are you doing oh yeah oh my god <laughs> i I'm didn't still, care to I'm, ask I'm still, little, yeah, yeah. I'm still a little shaking uh from how yeah. i was upset a second ago but otherwise i'm great also i my back hurts as well ah. um my wing ah. and i wonder you know how i was wearing the back brace to keep my 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 body straight I wonder if I wore it for too long and my muscles are like, what the hell are you doing? We're not supposed to be correct. <laughs> and now my back is super sore. Um, oh, JD, sorry, I have just one more uh, one more thing yeah. that we like to talk about. Okay. And it's Patreon.com. Oh, my God, Patreon.com. Do you mean for the people who are listening to the show and want to help us out, they could go to Patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo. We actually got two new... Patrons this week, we got one for one dollar, and we got one for twenty dollars. Ooh, so uh, the twenty dollar tier, which this is, this is the first one to sign up for it, I uh, haven't had to worry about it until now. The twenty dollar <laughs> tier is basically you get a commission from me every month. And for how long? As as long as you're a Patreon, Patreon. Wow. It's pretty yeah. good. So you get a commission for me every month and I was going to put up like some options and then people could vote and then whoever, whatever the vote wins, um, whatever the winning vote is, I draw that up and then everyone gets a copy of it. Um, so this one person will get a commission every month. So that's pretty rad. So if anyone else wants to go help out, you can help out for as little as $1. The tier is, oops, your dollar fell in my pocket. Um, you can help out the show that way. That would be lovely. Um, so thank you for asking, Brian. Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah. Brian's up with another digital or another thunder round for the thunder digital out. first from beyond the unknown from DC comics by Dan Jurgens, Tom Snigowski and Eric Gapster. Go. 
So I uh, I didn't know this title existed, I, and I saw the title itself, and I was like, ooh, for <laughs> me. And uh, it turns out it's an anthology series. I think the sense of it is either out in space or in time. The first one is Commandy, and I've never really known too much about Commandy, but it's a cool story. He uh, he goes, he finds this robot butler who's waiting for his humans to come back. The humans are long gone, but he he brings their their uh, their skeletal remains back and the butler is like satisfied you know he's a simple he's a simple ai kind of program and uh you know and then and then commandy goes out and he's like this is like the first thing that happened to him the one i really liked should have spent more time talking about is the <laughs> superheroes <laughs> um, drawn and written by dan jurgens uh it's very cool classic and it's a cool era of the legion of superheroes they uh they and it's a it's a nice story Sunboy and wildfire have been captured End of round. But it doesn't end with him captured. Everything works out. Don't worry, you guys. Oh, woof. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm nervous. Uh, back to Noel for Firepower, the free comic book day, number one, by Robert Kirkman and Chris Somney. Go. Um, it is a free comic book day issue. Uh, I think it's like the first issue of Firepower. So this is a weird book in so much that it um, – was released as an original OGN as a prelude issue. And this is the first issue for an ongoing. The art's gorgeous. The story is fun as hell. Um, it is kind of like a play on uh, Iron Fist. If he also started a family 10 years later. Um, and this issue doesn't make as much sense if you don't read the prelude. So I would highly suggest forking over the $10 Get the the OGN because it's gorgeous. Like the art is so effing gorgeous. And then read this free comic book day and then subscribe to it because this book is super fun and Chris Somney is the best in the world. How many seconds I got left? Eight, seven. Um, who's your favorite person? Go. Ooh, that's a tough one. End of round. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The round's over. Yeah. Oh, my answer would have startled and amazed you, too. It's a shame we can't talk about it. Uh, Hawkeye Freefall number six by Matthew Rosenberg and Otto Schmidt on art. Bullseye wants to hurt Clint in any way he can, so he's playing dress-up and taking the archer's not-so-good name on a deadly tour of New York. Meanwhile, the Hood has had enough of Clint's games and decides to put an end to them once and for all. He puts a price on Clint's head so high that every villain, merc, and thug in the city is going to line up to take a shot. With everything falling apart, Clint will be forced to make some choices he can't take back. Will he find a way to get through this with clean hands, or will he be forced to return to his criminal ways? Um, I really liked the beginning of this series. I was really into it. Uh, I liked the Matt Rosenberg dialogue. I thought the story was fun. Uh, the, the the turnaround that Hawkeye was actually Ronin the whole time, I thought was kind of fun. Um, Len disappeared. And um, my head got really big and I was like, oh God. Uh, um, but this last issue felt like two issues just sort of crammed into one. It felt like there were some time jumps and some things that weren't quite explained. Uh, but we were th we thought they were supposed to be explained. It's it, it felt weird to me. Um, the art was great, uh, but yeah, this felt kind of disjointed. Uh, I read the last two issues. Um, I almost said simultaneously. That's not how I read things. Uh, I read uh, four and then five, and um, yeah, I was still a little confused. Uh, like I missed an issue. What did you guys think? No, 
I mean, it was it was worse for me. I read four, five, and six at, <laughs> at the same time on three different <laughs> devices, and I was just like, <laughs> with a foot and two hands, just like swiping pages. Um, you're right. It, it was it was um, the back half of it was really truncated. Yeah. Um, like Bullseye shows up. Why did um, Hawkeye put on Bullseye's costume? Why did like yeah. so many weird little choices were made and they felt very stupid. Yeah. There's, um, there's a, uh, where's that thing where, uh, you know, who does this all the time? Kirkman does this. It's like, he fabricates a, he fabricates conflict by having smart people do stupid things. <laughs> and most of the time it's just not saying one thing to a person. Right. And because they don't do that, it becomes this big, intricate bullshit kind of thing. Because he just won't say, my bad, I was, yeah, that was me, it started and I've been trying to fix it and it just gets worse. Mm-hmm. It becomes this giant, convoluted, weird, murdery thing. And and they're making me try to, I know, I, I get where they leave them. Like, I, I actually kind of like where they leave them as um, mm-hmm. shunned from the heroes and a bit of a, a bit of a uh, un- misunderstood villain or anti-hero now. That's cool. Yeah. But it just, it happens so, it just feels overly orchestrated. That's all. I, I liked the end point, but it just felt very heavily orchestrated to the point where it's just like, this feels like engineering more than it's telling me a story. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I and it is it's, it's all I'm sorry real, real no. quick big the part when he puts on bullseye's costume is so stupid it yeah. makes absolutely no sense that he yeah. does that yeah. it, it just makes no sense it makes no sense and yeah. like you can you can say that Hawkeye is not the swiftest Avenger in the Quinjet okay all right <laughs> but he's not He's not, he is also somebody who has led the Avengers. He is someone who Captain America every once in a while does call on for like, what's your, what's your point of view on something? He is someone who is a trained fighter. He knows the angles, a a deadly marksman. He's not a dummy. He's not, it makes absolutely no sense for him to put on Bullseye's costume. It's stupid. (laughs) wrinkle of that that I hadn't even thought of is he is, it is like one of his biggest goals in this comic to get people to think that he isn't Ronan. Right? And isn't he, oh no, I'm sorry, he has on Hawkeye's costume, right? Bullseye, or is he in Ronan's costume? He's in Ronan's costume. He's in Ronan's costume. So he goes to put on the the Bullseye one. When I wear Hawkeye costume. So Action Figure Hero mentions Hawkeye put on both eyes, both Costumes because no, he was pretending to be Ronan. Yeah, he wasn't pretending to be Hawkeye. He could have put on a Hawkeye costume. Yeah, wouldn't that like play right into his hands? (laughs) Yeah. Well, the the reason he does it, he says, "I put on." Hawkeye says to Bullseye, "I put on your suit because I didn't want people to know it was me who did what I'm about to do to you." So, um, doesn't the it's been a while since I read the first couple of issues of this, but wasn't the problem that Ronan was killing people? He, or at least was yeah. making it seem as though he was killing people. Like, I don't... No, um, Ronan was escalating the hood, and the hood was killing people to find Ronan. Right. Like, oh, okay. 
unsurreptitiously just murdering whole floors of people. Yeah. So it was this thing where his actions were inadvertently causing. I mean, they were bad people. Usually it was like a whole floor right. of, of gangsters or something. Yeah. But it caused all of these murders. So it was like he, he at that point he was in too deep or he felt he was in too deep. Meanwhile, he probably could just like at that point been like, I thought this was a good idea. Whoops. Yeah. Yeah. And also it doesn't. I don't know. His actions are not, as Night Nurse points out, so different from things that various other heroes have done. Yeah. And I think there is a lot of like, we are being told that Hawkeye is bad now or he's doing things that aren't uh, acceptable. But you don't really see that. You know, like him running a double thing is Ronan. I don't know. I also found it's like, in some ways, a well enough story told, but the path that it goes down, I was kind of like, Hawkeye just keeps being crappy to people, and like, why not let his friends in on this? And you know, and then it ends with him. I guess he's a villain now, but he doesn't know it yet. We'll see. I really liked, I really yeah. liked the turn. Like, I liked that he robbed the bank to pay Nefaria hmm. to get the the hood off the hood. Hmm. I thought that was. Like he hid the demon oh, cool. in, the, in the back. Like that's a really good turn that I didn't see coming. Yeah. Just getting there was was like, it was a lot of orchestrated decisions just to serve the ending as opposed to it feeling organic. Yeah. Uh, action figure expert says no, no. I'm talking about years ago during the Dark Avengers. Remember Dark Avengers? Um, so Bullseye was Hawkeye during Dark Avengers. Says Chris. Oh, so, it's a good yeah. so that's this is the playing off of the fact that when the Dark Avengers uh, had taken over the roles for the regular Avengers, right. Bullseye was wearing Hawkeye's costume, pretending to be Hawkeye. So right. I think this was supposed to be a bit of turn turnabout. Maybe some like revenge. Um, and also, Hawkeye didn't. He wasn't a hundred percent sure that he wasn't going to murder Bullseye. Mm -hmm. right. you know I mean? So oh. I think I think some of the things that he's doing here is because he was an Avenger, or maybe still is an Avenger. I'm not sure, but the fact that um, he's friends with Captain America, the things that Hawkeye does probably reflects on the Avengers and on Captain America, and that's why he's done this Ronin thing. Hmm. Um, so you know, to be a slightly different, darker hero without besmirching the Avengers. You know, what I mean, no, I'm like, I oh, Hawkeye was a bad guy. Look, he's being bad again. So that's why I think that's why he does the Ronin bit. I was a little sad. Uh, I would like more. There's something about the hood ever since Brian K. Vaughn created him um, with, I think, Kyle Hotz. Yeah. I think uh, the aforementioned Kyle Hotz. Um, I've liked this character and I liked what Bendis was doing when he leveled him up a little bit. And I really enjoyed the back and forth between these two characters. I think that's the strength of this series is the Red Hood and Hawkeye bits. Um and even in the first issue when Hawkeye goes through so much trouble to beat the hood and then the hood in the very next scene, it just walking out of the um, courthouse being like, ah, I got off. See ya. Um, I, yeah. I liked their dynamic. There's, there's a lot of really great um, uh, continuity Easter eggs in this uh, as when it comes to Count Nefaria too, because he's um, Whitney's or sorry, Madame Mask's father and oh. Parker uh -huh does her dirty in the Avengers run. Like they're, they're a team to be reckoned with the Madame mask and the hood almost half of the run or the back half of the run. And he, he is shitty to her and like leaves her for dead. So Nefaria has, uh, he's very invested in, in fucking up, you know, the hood's day. I, I wish I was like, a, yeah. 
Yeah, it's the whole back half of uh, uh, the new Avengers run hmm. with uh, Bendis up till like issue seventy. So like uh, during yeah. during Dark Reign, and then it ends right after Siege. No, but I mean, I wish they had sort of mentioned that a little bit here. Well, he does. Like it's a line. It's just yeah, a, a line item. Yeah, about yeah, the area. Uh, also, Christopher Goodnight. I like that a lot too. That is always fun. Costume <laughs> switching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I just maybe this needed to be one more issue or something, but I'm, I was really enjoying it. But this last one just felt like it was just mm. on. Fast oh, and that, that kid died off screen. Yeah, yeah. that was, was weird. Yeah, was yeah. A, yeah. That's what no, I meant. No. It felt like I just like missed an entire issue. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right, what's up next? I'll tell you. Gunland number one by mm. Captain Artiglio in a bizarre sci-fi Western world where folks ride dinosaurs instead of horses and magical skulls give, give powers to half-robot outlaws. A bumbling gang of bandits seek a stash hidden by a double-crossing partner. And the key to finding it might be the young girl they recently rescued, a girl with uncanny skills with a pair of revolvers. A gonzo adventure for teens and up. I didn't read it. What did you think, Len? I started it. It reads kind of reads kind of weird. And and Brian, I think Brian or you know uh, mentioned how this book was originally in um, another language. Another Just, language. I don't know which one. So you know the translation. I think uh, doesn't necessarily sync up. Um, hmm. So that that explains that. The art is 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 cool, but it's it's I guess the line weight of it. Made it find, made it hard for me to like Good. find the dimensions in the artwork, you um, know, the like pull the background from yeah. the foreground and stuff like that. It looked fun. The cover looked really like, oh, this like is going to be a, a ball of fun. And I was like reading it. It sounded like it's cool. Live streaming, but it also read like something that you know what? I think I would like this more if this was animated. And mm. I just I. I just couldn't get myself. It was just a little bit too much. Um, uh, it, I think I, I know what you're talking I about. Get, yeah. Rock with it. Because of the, and maybe it is because of the translation. Maybe it's a little too direct. Um, there was really no rhythm to the book. Yeah. Of there's no rhythm in the dialogue from panel to panel. It was like they were telling you pieces of a story, and it, it wasn't intentional. It was like it was like information missing in how people were talking to each other. Right. Um, I, like the whole joke about, uh, so, so it's, it's three brothers all have this skull for some reason. Um, the one brother is able to open it or use it. It opens up a dimension where he mm -hmm. sees a young girl abandoned or orphaned. He takes the girl and starts to raise her on television and gunslinging, whatever. <laughs> um, but that all happened before. And then you see these three brothers now. Um, okay. Uh, they're outlaws, or two of them are outlaws. They kill someone else and they're meeting together to talk. But the whole joke about like the girl shaves her head, so he keeps calling her a little boy. Yeah. And it's funny in how this one brother just disregards the other one constantly. <laughs> but the way that it's written is just like. <laughs> uh, it, it's just like a repeated joke over and over again without any real rhythm to it let you know it, it's a joke. Yeah, it's, it doesn't land it, but it's not all of the pieces are there. They're just not 
put together yeah. in a very right. common exactly. way. Yeah, it's it's yeah. interesting. It's weird. Yeah. Also, like what you get is a little like I got to the end of the book and I was like, wait, that was that was it. Yeah. You know, like they're not and and they almost seemed like the issues were out of order. You know, I'm sure they weren't, but uh, it kind of seemed like that should be the first issue, uh, the second one. I liked the art so much that I kind of found myself being like, all right, it's a light story that I, for some reason, don't know what's happening really yet, but it seems like I maybe should. But I was so taken with the art, which is kind of, some of you guys think, kind of like uh, Mobius and Tintin, kind of like Yeah, together. I can see that. Yeah. Um, or there's some other there's some other thing in the Tintin place that I can't quite think of. Annie, Little Orphan Annie, with the eyes, or uh, there is there's a it's the world I don't really know or understand. Like some of like the the way that they do noses and eyes, mm. everyone's got a different kind of set. I don't know if that's yeah. intentional or, or you know some people have pupils, some people don't. <laughs> yeah. Some some people don't, but or is it just the girl that doesn't have pupils. There's, but there's um no, there's a there's a scene where, oh yeah, like the one guy's got cat eyes. Yeah, there's no there's no visual rules so much as this is how no. it is. Everybody is so distinct yeah. that you don't know. And I, I, and I get that that's part work. of the charm of yeah. it, but it's yeah. it's it becomes like an information overload to, for me. That's my favorite character. He's cool. The Stegosaurus with, with Gatling guns and a siren on his head? That's cool. Um, they also, like, in the character design, but also in, like, the world that they live in, it's all mishmash. You yeah. know, what well, mm-hmm. we would do the mishmash anyway with, like, tech and time periods and whatever. I really like the shot of his house in the second issue where I think it's, like, right when he's brought the girl back. Yeah. And he's kind of, like you know, a, a whole page spread of his entire place. And he's got like a bucket full of swords and TV and, you know, it's a very kind of detailed thing. For clarification, you keep saying second issue. This is all one issue. It's two yeah. chapters. It's two yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just don't want anybody to think if they're going to pick it up, that there's multiple. It's just, there's right, just right. one. It's an oversized. That's got like two chapters in it. Yeah. Um, which, and then there's more, right? Like, coming or on the way? I, I don't know, man. This was like a, so I saw that like it, it's, it's a pretty light, it was a pretty light week for the most part. Yeah. Um, both DC and Marvel only released some like two or three digital issues and some collected editions. It was like a, it was almost like a skip week in making up for what the new release schedule is like in ramping back up since right. diamond came back mm-hmm. and UCS or whatever the fuck. So there was no, there was like a, a, splattering of books as opposed to yeah like it was a, it was a struggle to find seven books and this was just something from oni press that i noticed and i'm like oh you know we don't talk about oni that much let's yeah. check it out what is this and i i'd never heard of it i don't know where it's going um yeah. i don't even know if it's been printed already somewhere else which likely it was so i'm, I'm not sure it was just it seemed interesting the the description seemed incredibly interesting and the art style was was um, evocative, so I was like, you know, let's give this a shot. We don't try things enough. Oh, I'm glad you did. I mean, I really like. I'd read the other ones. That was part of my issue. Was I was like, oh, I want, I want to see what's happening with this. Um, and I would read it pretty much, if nothing else, than just the art. Like this one. Yeah. 
panel with uh, the beginning to book two. Mm-hmm. It never works that well. There we go. Very cool. And, you know, I just like to have a uh, momentum to page through 40 or 50 pages of that kind of art. Uh, yeah. and the story can do it. Yeah, it was um, it was a it was a blind buy, you know, just mm. like, let's give this a shot. Yeah. So I, I like I didn't I didn't dislike it. It was just it, it kind of left me. Wanting more. Yeah. 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 I would watch it. Uh, that would be cool. You know, I found out there's a, a Mobius animated movie uh, that exists. And I was like, oh, I got to I got to see that. But yes, this would be it. Which which what's the name of you know? Uh, I will find it. Um, it's not it's not like he animated the whole thing, but it's uh, yeah, he got a bit of it. Well, then then you're a liar. Is what you're <laughs> yeah, but I couldn't I couldn't keep that within myself. I couldn't take it. I had to I had to come clean. <clears throat> I have a question. Should we move on without him here, or should we vamp? A good question. Oh, it turns out there's, this is not even what I was thinking about, but there's, uh, it looks like there's an Inkle uh, animated work, which I, I, that's a book that I've never read, but I always wanted to read. I always thought it looked cool. And there being an animated thing of that would be awesome. But yeah, there's something, I think there was a heavy metal. Well, there was a heavy metal animated thing. Which I guess you never saw the heavy metal animated movie? I never did. Um, maybe he just did. He just do like a. Like I think one. he may have done some character uh, designs for that, and, and maybe even helped on some of the animation. Um, <laughs> it's a very up and down movie because mm. uh, it's like the book is an anthology, um, but yeah. for its time, it was ahead of the game animation yeah. wise. Um, and it's worth a it's worth a revisit. I, don't get me wrong; I don't think it's it's great, but yeah. it's 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 like you know it's like it's the the magazine now probably like you know you know it's, it's got animated titties, so you know whatever. Yeah. But um, but it was it, it was cool. It was cool. Well, My I fr- a buddy of mine is actually is now the managing director of um, editor of uh, Heavy Metal. Really? Um, oh, that's cool. Joe, Joe nice. Illich. And they're going to be releasing their 300th episode, episode, 300th issue this August. And he tells me, like, yo, watch, because that's like the first one that's really got heavy his imprint on it. Oh, all right. I would be, t- I would be totally down to read that. I've not, I've never read any um, heavy metal. Same. I mean, oh, cool. I've dallied, but I've never really. Yeah. yeah. So it's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing with 2000 AD. I've never, like, mm-hmm. I've dabbled little pieces here, but I've never actually read 2000 AD. Yeah. Well, let's do it. Nice. You know what else we should do? Wrap it up with star number five, written by Kelly Thompson, with art by Javier Pino, with Felipe Andrade. The Black Order makes their move. The former generals of Thanos have come for the reality stone, but thanks to everything Star has been through, she's learned a lot about the power bonded to her. The Black Order expects to find a novice, but instead, we'll find a dragon. And no matter who wins this fight, one thing is for sure. The, Mar- the Marvel Universe is about to be a much more dangerous place for everyone. Is there a dragon? Is that, what are they talking about, dragon? I, I think that's supposed to be her new name going on, going forward. Uh, no. that's, the only, that's the only connection I can make. Huh. Like, she chooses to be 
dragon afterwards because there's no literal dragon. Oh, wait. Was she also... You remember, uh, like, issues ago, she was in that cave. And so I did the catch-up thing with this also. So I guess I read the last two or three, whatever whatever we had. Um, and they mentioned how they were fighting a dragon. And then it turned out that she was also the dragon that they were fighting. Yeah, it was, it was like issue two or three where um, Wanda absconded with her to, like, teach her yeah. how to use the stone or, you know, yeah. limit herself. Yeah, yeah. And, and there, there was a dragon in the cave and she fought it. But... Yeah. But because it's the reality stone, she was essentially just making it. Right. Yeah. It's a weird metaphor, though, still. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, um, connect. I <laughs> thought this was great. I yeah. really enjoyed it. I did not anticipate enjoying this. But since the first issue where I was like, all right, I guess I'll fucking try it. Star number one. I don't really care. Who cares? Um, I actually found it to be really, really good. Um uh, I like Kelly Thompson's writing. Uh, the more I read the Captain Marvel series, the more enamored I'm becoming with it. I thought uh, their first, the first series, I'm sorry, the first story within the Captain Marvel book was a bit heavy handed. And um, uh, it's gotten better as it's gone. And yeah. it introduced this star character. Noel, take it away. Well, the, the Vox Supreme one was, was a really good arc too. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, like it's, it's been getting a lot better and that's where she came from. But um, this, this mini was, really rad like it's yeah. it's essentially the the whole time i really did think that they were going to try at least make her an anti-hero or redeem her in some way yeah. but she constantly keeps making the wrong choice and not even in like a playful way in the oh you're a villain cool hmm. like and the fact that she fully embraces it at the end i actually thought was really fucking cool like i liked it a lot the um i because this this whole story is from the perspective of star i didn't like captain marvel in here yeah, she's a giant buzzkill and she sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the speech at the end that she gives to Wanda about, you know, it's hard for everyone. We've all got baggage. We all have triggers. We are all terrible in many ways. But an actual hero will choose to make the right choice despite that. And every single time Star was given one of these choices, she made the wrong one, no matter what. So start treating her as such, which I was like, you know what? That makes sense. Captain Marvel may be an asshole, but it's true. Like we don't have other than, other than this being written in the perspective of star. So we kind of feel for her. There's really no reason why we should take, give her the benefit of the doubt. Like every single time she's proven us wrong. So villain, which I thought was really cool. Right. And you're, but you're trained to give her the benefit of a doubt because that's how these type of stories almost always go you know what i mean so for it to land where it does where oh she's embraced something but it ain't what you thought <laughs> you know it's like totally it like it just comes out of left field and you know you rep for kelly thompson's art kelly thompson's art is 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 great have your I mean, opinion uh, the writing the, yeah. the writing kelly thompson's oh. writing but the the art by javier pina yeah whoo yeah. That's, some, that's some good Woo! stuff, man. That's some, <laughs> that's, some, that's some good, good eating right there, man. I'm gonna let you know. I'm gonna let you know that's some good. I mean, like I like every little mm. bit the the the, mm. the acting that the the characters are doing. This, the character uh, design. I don't know why this is my favorite panel. When she's uh, holding it up. I yes. don't know why that's my favorite panel. It's just I saw that and I was like, that is so well done. Yeah, it's such a little. It's a nothing moment. But yeah. it's mm -hmm. 
But you feel you feel the you can feel the weight on her hands. You can feel yeah. her the 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 tenseness in her arms, and you can yeah. still feel the see the acting in her but eyes. Then, but then also look at the horror of this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. There is there is one I showed JD the uh, the other night. There is one panel in this entire book that just made me feel weird. Yeah. Like it's it's just so awkward. Um, maybe it was an issue four. But there's a there's a panel of um, Carol kind of like grimacing and looking forward, and she literally looks like she's hulked out and her hair is receding. Okay. Like it is the, it is the weirdest angle. Uh, that is a different artist, by the way. Is yeah. Is it the flash? That's Jay Leistein or Leiston. I'm sorry, Brian. What were you gonna say? Oh, Brian, you just said something. What did you say? Oh, I said, oh, that was a different guy, but that that was made clear. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, Issue four. Fun to be to be like uncomfortable and like you know flashbacks of two uncomfortable times. That was one thing I really liked about this was it reminded me in a way of um, Miracle Man by Tom King recently oh. that somebody, uh, but not until this issue or, or this run that I read that. Um, Mr. But, Miracle. Yes. Not Miracle Man. <laughs> Mr. Miracle. Yeah. 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 yeah totally. Um, in that, uh, you know, she is having a, uh, you know, psychological issue, but it comes on much more subtly and I liked that a lot, mm-hmm. uh, where I really am like, you know, Carol, this, uh, Captain Marvel, stop. She's having a panic attack. This is, if you don't push it, this could go a different way, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I similarly was very disappointed in uh, Windows Star uh, at the end. I was like, oh no. Yeah, I, yeah. And that's and that's just it. Like, I, as much as, as Carol was a, a bit of the antagonist for this, this whole series because yeah. from star i do relate to her dialogue here it's we're all damaged we've all been hurt that's an explanation not an excuse yeah abused people make the right abused people make the right choice every day people who suffer unimaginable things are still good all the time ripley looked it in the face that path toward being a hero and every time she turned her back on it loved that, it so perfect. good absolutely perfect yeah she also uh she I don't think it was communicated. It maybe had it been more understood in story to uh, to Captain Marvel that Riley thought that she was trying to kill her. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah. she had been killed by this by this person, and is justifiably very afraid of Captain Marvel, which I thought was a really interesting look at mm-hmm. like how you can how you can uh, do th- do things that are not so great. You know, out of this fear. Um, what was the other? I also didn't think the deal with the Black Order was so bad. You oh, know? Like, I mean, uh, but Scarlet Witch and Captain Marvel were like, that proves it. She's a bad guy. Yeah. Like, that didn't, right. that didn't really seem like a bad guy thing to do. That was like, leave well, me alone and you can go and we won't fight anymore. Just like with the other, just like with the, with the Hawkeye stuff, though, yeah. like, if Star simply said, mm. I can get them to go away. Hmm. That's fine. But no, she turned her like she betrayed them, went on the other side of it, yeah. got a deal. Like it doesn't matter what the what the outcome is so much as the yeah. actions that led to it. Like it it um it still was shady and shitty. The only thing that's cool about this is that we have her perspective. Still right. wrong. I'm not sure I blame her for betraying 
Captain Marvel, though. Like, she's, she's like, this woman is going to kill me again as soon as we're done fighting the Black Order. Like, I, they're not on the same side. And she doesn't see Captain, you know what I mean? Like, I, uh, I just didn't think that one action was as bad as they made it out. Like, to them, it's like, well, why didn't she just come back? We would have been cool. Well, like, it wasn't, it wasn't one. It was. Oh, yeah. No, I'm saying I just think that one action wasn't that bad. Like, that particular action. Um, what? <laughs> um, but, uh, hey, uh, the only, my only question is, am I supposed to know what she's blowing up at the end here? I thought the same thing, and I think it's just supposed it's to be cool. cool. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm a bad guy. I burn. I explode buildings for no reason. Like, yeah, right, but that's what she's that. saying. Like I can do what yeah. I want to do to whom I want to do it. She don't care. I really wish there was some this. I like the idea. I like the star on her costume. Um, it's basically Black Widow mm-hmm. with just uh, some red piping. I wish there was a little bit more design put into this. Mm-hmm. Um, like even if the the star at the top was all red or something, or I don't even know, but. Um, they had a, they had a, a chance here to design a really cool costume mm. and I don't think it succeeds. Yes. I see the cat. Look at this fucking guy. <laughs> all over the, all over the traits looking at the Wednesday comics. That was a good series. Really I wonder cool. if they made the, it all red though, if it would start looking like a jesters, like, that's, I wonder true. that's true. Yeah yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to more. I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I like Kelly Thompson. This is great. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder, are there plans, or she's just like, now she's out in the Marvel Universe, and it will, it's more dangerous than it's ever been before. I hope so. I mean, I yeah. like um, the the groundwork done to create this nemesis for Carol Danvers. We don't, we, do mm. we have, did we have one before? Not really. Where I, I don't it, think she had, like, a really, like, I think this is nemesis. awesome. And, and, like, if you think about it, too, like, the, the work that Kelly Thompson's doing on building up this character, I mean, it's fucking cool like all the vox supreme stuff this i i i would i would probably dip my toe back in this series i don't know mm-hmm. yeah that's it we did it done. done all right so as promised for christopher saint saucy good um, in regards yes. to gutter talk um after some deep soulful contemplation um with these three guys as well as with um, Brandon and Optimus Douche. Did I get that right? Is it Optimus Douche, Rob, Rob Patey. Rob Patey. Okay, Rob Patey. Yes, he's Rob Patey. Yeah, I, don't, I, I, I haven't earned to call him a douche anyway. So <laughs> um, uh, after deep contemplation, we have decided that starting next week, I believe is the 700th episode of the Cult Pop Go podcast. So with that, oh, cold pop. Uh, with that, we will be amalgamating spoiler alert and gutter talk into one show uh, that will live on ad infinitum on um, well on Black Tribbles until April of next year, and then it'll keep going on on uh, cold pop. Mm. So that's what yeah. We're gonna have so we haven't figured out the exacts of it yet, but it's basically going to be we're going to review a couple of books from the week, and then we're going to talk about some events, some some any you know any news, pop culture news. And that's it. It'll be like an extravaganza, 
um, every week. So if there's anything, you know what? If you guys have any ideas for things to talk about, uh, we are always susceptible to um, um, suggestion. Suggestion, yes. Um, so let us know if there's anything you're like uh, that you'd like to hear us chat about on top of the weekly comic book reviews. So, which could also be like my first impression is like something that just came out, like a show or some news or whatever. But it could also be just like if you have an interesting kind of geek sort of question for us, you know, yeah. like, what would you think? Or who would be the best? doing this thing or yeah. uh, what how do you think? organize your comics? Uh, any, any sorts of, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love, I love, um, I know some of you guys do some of you don't like reading what's happening in the industry too. I love that shit. I love when a, a writer gets announced for a thing or is doing this or is doing that or, or the industry does this or hires this person. I actually think that's really interesting. So yeah. I will probably try and bring some of that and then you guys will shoot me down. It'll be fun. Nice. Nice. All right. So yeah, join us next week, um, ten thirty a.m. on Sunday, uh, just like you did today. Uh, we will do. I, I, I guess we're still going to call it spoiler alert. I don't even know. We'll figure it out. We got to come um, up. With, it, we got to come up with a name. I, it, it, it can't just be spoiler. It's got to. Con- <laughs> has to have it all. It's got to. Yeah. Make your suggestions. Let us know what should what should the spoiler alert gutter talk There's amalgamation gutter alert. There's a brand equity. Uh, issue, like if the name is known, the name stays known, right? That was my thought. If people yeah. were still looking for the spoiler alert podcast, they'd be able to find it because it's only doing weekly reviews. You know, yeah, but people look know the Gutter Talk name. Too. Yeah, it's true. Well, then, then you, yeah, then you figure out people know Gutter Talk. Then you figure out which one has the most brand equity, and you kind of lean towards that as opposed to kind of the spoiler alert. Yeah. Spoiler gutter talk alert. Yeah. <laughs> I spoiled gutters, but nobody I, I got shot down. Hi Lee Jackson. It sounds like poop in gutters. <laughs> so does gutter talk. Everyone's ahead of Brandon. Hey Brandon. Hey. Uh, Gloin the Hobbit says Pop Prostitution is the new name. Oh. Point of purchase? What is uh, the <laughs> point of purchase prostitution? <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Well, thanks so much for joining us, guys. We love you. Thanks for hanging out with us and chatting with us. Uh, we will see you now. Oh, he said, Brandon, Brandon Jackson Short says, hi, friends. Hi, Brandon. Uh, um, we love you. We'll talk to you next week. Oh, also, we're going to be doing more Thunder Rounds uh, over the week. Thunder I think. Rounds. Anytime I can r- wrangle these guys into doing more Thunder Rounds. Thunder rounds. Uh, we're going to do them. Uh, so let us know if there's anything you want us to do. We love you. Oh, Brand- wait, hold on. Brandon just texted us. The podcast should be called Cult Pop Podcast since it's a mix of two Cult Pop shows and Black Tribbles is ending. We'll see how it goes. All right. Thanks so much for joining us, and we will talk at you later. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah. This is